Revelation chapter number 11 and verse number 13. The Bible says in the same hour was there a great earthquake and the tenth part of the city fell and in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000 and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past and behold the third woe cometh quickly. Father, I pray tonight in Jesus' name, God, that you would give us liberty these next few moments. I pray the Holy Spirit would do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Lord, we know tonight that we desperately need you. And Lord, we look to you tonight and we ask you to help us. I pray that you would bind the devil. I pray that you remove any hindrances in the service tonight. God, I pray that you'd give us ears to hear and hearts to listen. Lord, as it's already been sung and been said today, I pray that you would open the eyes of the blind and let them see their need for Christ. And may they come by way of the cross and be born in the family of God. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on scared but not saved. Scared but not saved. You know, when you come to this text tonight and you think about the men that we'll read about in verse number 13, these men have seen a lot in their lifetime. And in the times of the tribulation period, during the time that has taken place as the six or seven seals have been opened up and as they've seen the trumpets, as six of those trumpets have been opened and they've seen a lot of things, a lot of monstrosities that have come out of the abyss and out of the river Euphrates and those 200 million demons that have come out of the very bowels and pits of hell themselves and they have seen what no other men on earth have ever seen before and the two witnesses in chapter 11 that have come and that have preached the word of God for three and a half years, they have heard, they have seen these witnesses. And what is amazing about these two verses that we have read tonight is that the men that we read about in verse number 13, and that is who we will focus on a few moments tonight, is that they hated the messengers. They did not like or will not like the two witnesses that will come. The reason they hated the messengers is simply because they hated the message and I realize tonight as a preacher of the gospel and I think every preacher in this room would realize this as well tonight that uh, there's going to be people that's not going to like you and the reason is not personal, it's not anything that you have done to them, it's not anything that you have brought upon them but they don't like the message and so therefore they don't like the messenger amen, now we're to love them in spite of how they may feel about us but it's the message that bothers them and so they Therefore, these men hated the message. They hated the messengers. They hated the miracles. It did not matter what God did through these two or what he will do through these two uh, witnesses. They're still, the world is going to despise them. You see, the world does not care if God uses you tonight because they don't like God. In fact, the Bible said that they don't even like to retain God in their knowledge. Amen. Uh, they want to use God as a byword. They want to use hell as a byword. They don't want you to talk to them about God. Don't invite them to church. Don't pass out a track. Don't, don't care for their soul. Don't, don't mention God's name in any way. That's what the world wants tonight is they want a world uh, that has no God. Amen. The reason they have many gods uh, is so that they might be able to drown out uh, the one true God that created them and created this world. And so they hated the miracles and the mighty power. And what they wanted to do and what they will 
will do to these two witnesses is that they will defy them, they will destroy them, and ultimately in the end, they will kill them. And we know that according to chapter 11, that the end result is in verse number 10 is that they rejoice over their deaths, amen? They reward each other and send gifts, the Bible said, to each other when these two witnesses are killed and they're destroyed. And the reason, the Bible says in verse number 10, in the latter part is because uh, these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth, amen? You see, the message tormented these men because it reminded them that there is a God in heaven, amen? I wanna tell you, listen, before I got saved, uh, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing, uh, if you wasn't raised in church, and even if you were, preaching just makes you miserable uh, before you get saved, amen? Isn't it amazing how something that will comfort you and strengthen you and help you after you got saved was the very thing that my friend tormented you and drove you crazy and made you miserable before you got saved, amen? You know why that is? Because when you get born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and it connects with that Bible and there's a desire and there's an appetite for the Word of God because the Spirit of God and the Word of God will always go together, amen? But when a man has not the Spirit, he is darkened to the things of God and he's blind like we said this morning. And so the world will despise these two witnesses. They will die, but God will resurrect them. And the Bible said in verse 11 and 12, he'll take them back to heaven. But when we come to this text tonight, notice the timing. As the Bible says, and the same hour. You say, what is that, preacher? In the very same hour that these men are resurrected, there's something going to happen and something is going to take place. That's the timing of this text here. Then there is the tragedy. As the Bible said that in the same hour, there was a great earthquake. Now, when you think about throughout the Bible, there's always been earthquakes, amen? You think about when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible said the rocks rent. There was a great earthquake when the veil of the temple was rented. And all throughout the word of God, we could look at the earthquakes of the Bible. But here is a great tragedy. There's gonna be an earthquake in verse number 13 tonight that's gonna result in the loss of men's lives, amen? I think it'll be one that'll be way off the Richter scale. It'll be off the chart, friend. When you think about that subject tonight, the tragedy of what's taking place in verse number 13, and we'll see it a little more detailed here in just a moment, of what's about to take place, uh, there's a great truth uh, uh, behind this tragedy here. We see a tenth part of the city, the Bible says falls. Uh, I mean, a tenth part of the holy city uh, is destroyed uh, as a result of this earthquake. But now watch this. Something real astonishing happens here. The Bible says in verse number 13, that, uh, that were slain of the men 7,000. Now notice the raiment, they were frightened, but look what the Bible says. They gave glory to the God of heaven. There's an earthquake in verse number 13. 
that will take place in the tribulation period during this second woe here at the end when these two witnesses after they have lost their lives but God has resurrected them and taken them back to heaven that earthquake my friend is going to be so great that 7,000 men will lose their lives that's beside the women and beside the children that will die in that earthquake and what the Bible says happens in verse number 13 is astonishing because these men the word of God said they were frightened and they gave glory to God we see here in this text of the fate and we see the finality and the fear and the foolishness of these men you say preacher what do you mean you see they were scared but they never got saved isn't that amazing in this text they're scared but they're not saved God does something in this text for these men that you would have thought surely would have brought them to their knees in fact you say well preacher they give glory to God that's right they give glory to God they acknowledge who did what happened but true repentance always delays the judgment of God true repentance always brings mercy look at verse number 14 the second woe is past and behold the third woe cometh quickly what that tells us is that these men were shaken but they were not saved they were shaken. The earth shook so much that a tenth part of the city is destroyed. 7,000 men lose their lives and the remnant that is left over. This earthquake is so great. It shakes the very foundation of their feet. I think it shook the very foundation of their souls according to what they said in verse number 13. They were shaken, but they were not saved. I'll stop and say this tonight. I've watched people in service, and you have too, fall under deep Holy Ghost conviction. I I've watched God deal with their heart and the spirit of God woo them and draw them, pull the scales off of their eyes. They knew they were lost and hell bound. I've seen them get nervous. I've seen them get under conviction. I've seen them tremble, get that white knuckle syndrome when they grab the back of that pew and hold on to keep from going to the altar. My friend, you know why? They were shaken, but I've seen them not get saved. They weren't only shaken, but not saved, but this is interesting. They were saved, but not saved. 7,000 men die, but the raiment is saved, but yet they're not saved. They were saved physically, but they never got saved spiritually. I witnessed to a lady one time, and she told me this. I said to her, she was laying in the burn unit at the Erlanger Hospital. It was a Sunday morning. Got up to come to church here in the old building, and we got up that morning was praying and I tell you the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I want you to go to the hospital. It was nine o'clock, I think it was. I said, Lord, if I go to the hospital, I'll be late for Sunday school. And, uh, and, and you know how Baptists are. If you set, a, if you set, a, you know, if you set the, the standard, they'll all be late the next Sunday. I said, God, I, I'll be late. God said, I want you to go to the hospital. I went to the hospital. She was laying there in the burn unit. She hadn't been burned, but she was there. She was dying. They didn't have any other place to put her. She was critical. And I walked in and I asked her, I said, she could barely talk above a whisper. And I asked her this question. I said, ma'am, I said, I just want to tell you, I said, God spoke to my heart this morning and he asked me to come by and witness to you. And I said, have you ever been saved? And she held, was holding my hand and she said, uh, she said, well, uh, she said, yes, I've been saved. I said, are you sure that you've been saved? I said, God, really impressed on my heart this morning to be here and to, and to ask you if you're saved. And she said, oh, I've been saved. I said, well, tell me about when you got saved. And so she began to tell me 
you about when she got saved. And Brother Stephen, the only problem with that was it didn't line up with what the Bible said salvation was. And so as she told me and said, I said, ma'am, is that what you're basing your salvation experience upon? And she said, yes. I said, well, ma'am, I said, no disrespect, but I said, that's not what the Bible says uh, that you uh, have to do in order to be saved. I said, that's an experience, uh, but it is not the experience of salvation. And so she said to me, she said, well, I'm dying. And she said, I don't want to die without God. I said, and I don't want you to die without God. I said, I want to tell you how to be saved. Uh, And I gave her the plan of salvation. uh, And that lady asked Jesus to be her savior. uh, And before we got out of church that morning, she had done slipped off into the glory world uh, and in the presence of God. uh, I'm going to tell you, friend, not many people get a deathbed repentance uh, and a deathbed salvation. uh, And I wouldn't gamble with my soul. uh, I wouldn't gamble with eternity. uh, I'm telling you, listen, you're drawing a short stick tonight. uh, If you think that you can hang around uh, until the very end uh, and lean toward hell all your life uh, and then die and go to heaven, friend, uh, I'm telling you, listen, uh, it would be grace on top of grace. uh, And I know it is for all of us, uh, but don't gamble with your soul tonight, amen. You need to get saved. See, she based her salvation on a physical saving, not a spiritual. I don't care what God does in your life physically to save you, that's wonderful. But the saving of your life is really only for one reason, that he might save your soul. Amen. A few weeks ago, standing on the side of the road here, with a gentleman, uh, his family who nearly lost their life in an accident. I asked him, I said, Daniel, I said, if you died right now, where would you go? And he broke down crying. He said, he said I'm not right with God. I, I wouldn't go to heaven. I said, Daniel, the car, smoke still rolling off the of, top of that automobile turned upside down. I said, Daniel, if you'd have died in that car, would you have went to hell? He said, oh God, I would have. I said, do you realize that God saved your life physically so you could get right with God and get in church. I'm telling you, that wasn't an accident. That's a mere grace of God. But what I'm saying is this crowd, they were saved physically, but they never got saved spiritually. They were shaken, but not saved. They were saved, but not saved. They were scared, but not saved. Notice the Bible said that the raiment were frightened. You know, when I read that text, Brother Barnes, I thought to myself, it'd take a lot to scare this crowd. I mean, after all they've seen in chapter five and chapter six and chapter seven, chapter eight and nine and 10, and even in chapter 11, I mean, listen, this is some of the baddest crowd that's ever been on earth. Uh, and what I'm saying by that is, uh, it don't, these boys don't scare easy. Somebody say amen. They've seen monstrosities out of that great river Euphrates. Uh, they've seen the seals. Uh, they've seen the boiling sea, the vanishing star that fell from heaven. Uh, they've seen the blackened sky. They've seen the bloody moon. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, they've seen the water waters turned to blood. They've seen it all. They've seen the seals and they've seen the trumpets. It'd take a whole lot to scare this outfit. You know, we're preaching to a generation today that doesn't have the fear of God in their eyes anymore. They've played so many video games. They've watched so many horror movies. Hey, Christians don't watch horror movies. Somebody say amen. If you watch demons and devils and ghosts and goblins and it don't bother you, there's something bad wrong for the Bible said to shun the very appearance of evil, amen. When I got saved, I left that crowd, amen. 
Brother, I'm telling you, if you're saved, there's something the Holy Ghost lives inside of you and you watch something like that, you better believe the Holy Ghost is gonna speak to your heart and say, you got no business doing that. And don't come to me and say, well, preacher, it don't bother me. If it don't bother you, then listen, hey, friend, you need to check up this morning, this evening because you may not have what you say you have. They were frightened, scared, but not saved. I've seen people get scared. Run to church, two or three services, try to, you know, get a little peace, a little assurance. I've seen people, when you have two, come to the altar. Man come to the altar here one night, had been stabbed. We didn't say anything to the church, but was in the old building, was having revival. He come down, he got stabbed. I got stabbed at this thing they have once a year. I didn't forget why it won't come to me right now, but River Bend. Got stabbed at River, River Bend. Came to church two days later. Came to the altar, made a profession. But went right back to River Bend. He said, what happened to him? He got scared. But he didn't get saved. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of people get scared. But they never get saved. You see, salvation is a surrender of the heart. Salvation is putting your faith in Christ. Salvation, I believe God can use things to scare us to bring us to the point of salvation. I know that can happen. When I got under conviction and saw I was going to hell, I got scared, but then I got saved, amen? And I'm not saying, you say, preacher, you're trying to scare me into getting saved. If I could, I would, amen? If I could scare you, my friend, into getting born again, you better believe I would in a heartbeat. But you gotta get more than just scared, amen? You gotta come fight by way of the cross and shed blood of Calvary you got to see yourself as a sinner as you really are in need of salvation, in need of God. And if you get scared and you say, but I don't want to die without God, you can be saved. Hallelujah. I remember preaching to a man that came to our church, the first church I pastored. He came every night to a meeting and I was burdened for his soul to be saved. I wasn't doing the preaching during the meeting, but had preached to him on Sunday. So burdened for him to be saved. Our church was burdened for him to get saved. People were in all or every service praying for his soul that week. The man didn't get saved. I went and talked to him afterwards. I said, what's it going to take to get you to God? He said, preacher, he said, I don't need God right now. He said, I, when I need him, he said, I'll... I'll call for him. I said, here's the problem with that. I said, you may call, but as sure as you refuse him, he'll refuse you. That's what Proverbs 1 says. Because I've stretched forth my hand. Because I've called and you've not answered. God said, I'll laugh in your day of calamity. I'll mock when your fear cometh as a whirlwind. I'm telling you, it is a whosoever will gospel, but it's not a whensoever will gospel. You don't pull your calendar out and pick the date when you get saved, friend. I tell you, when you get saved, you get saved when that still, small voice begins to knock on your heart and begin to invite you in. When the Holy Ghost starts tugging on the strings of your soul and says, come now or come never, if God so graces you enough to come by your way and say, hey, I want you to get in. You can get saved. What you need to do is run to Jesus Christ as fast as you can. Fall in the loving arms of a Savior that died for you and gave us life. 
life for you. I'm telling you, say, preacher, I'm scared. I don't want to go to hell. That's good. You're a candidate for salvation, but don't be scared and not saved. You know what sinners do? The devil has been playing this game a long time. And what sinners do, the devil will talk to you and say, well, don't listen to him. He's just trying to scare you. If you can get out of this service, if you can just make it till he's through preaching, if you can can just get through that invitation, you'll be okay. Oh, that's what he wants you to do tonight. He wants you to get through. Because he knows that if you can go home, you'll not be scared anymore. You'll get off in life and you'll think about, hey, listen, you may be here and be a member of this church and the devil will tell you, well, you know, he'll do something to touch. I probably said something made somebody mad a while ago. You know why he makes you mad when I preach if you're lost? Because he'd rather you be mad at me as you be thinking about your soul. Amen. Now, I love you. I hope you know I love you. I, I'd never say anything to hurt you. I'd weep with you. If you come to this altar tonight, and I, I mean that sincerely, I'm getting this altar and cry with you and weep with you. I mean that with all of my soul. But I love you enough tonight. I'm not going to pat you on the head and send you out the door and take you, your money and let you die and go to hell. I'd rather you be mad at me and go home and think about what's been said and wake up in the middle of the night and get right with God or come on down this altar and get right with God tonight as listen to, to just pat you on the head and let you die without God. I'm here to tell you tonight, friend, don't you be scared but not saved. It was shaken but not saved. Saved but not saved. Scared but not saved. Then notice this last thing and I'm through. They were spiritual but not saved. The Bible says in verse number 13 that they gave glory to the God of heaven. Spiritual but not saved. Blake, they glorified God. How did they do that? They simply acknowledged who did that. They may not have wanted to. Maybe it was because they were afraid. And they thought if we don't at least acknowledge who did this. You know, just because somebody acknowledges God doesn't mean they're a believer. Can I get an amen? We're so quick to just take anything. Just because somebody gets up and, and says, God bless you or God bless America or God bless, that doesn't mean they're saved. The Bible says in Psalms 2, kiss the son lest he be angry with you. There's a lot of people will acknowledge God that will never acknowledge Jesus Christ. I was talking to a man one day. In fact, um, there was a gentleman in this room that was with me when I was talking to this man. And as we were talking to him, There's one name he would not say in that conversation. And I caught on to that as we were talking and he was talking spiritual. He was putting a lot of stuff out there, saying a lot of things to me. And finally I stopped him and I said, would you say the name Jesus? And he bypassed it. He went on talking more spiritual and more spiritual. I said, would you say the name Jesus? And he would not say Jesus. And a few minutes later, he kept talking spiritual and trying to talk spiritual. I said, sir... I said, if you're spiritual, if you're saved, then you'll know who Jesus Christ is. The Bible said in 1 John chapter 4, believe not every spirit, 
but try the spirits whereby we can know them. He said, not every spirit that cometh in this world uh, is, is of God. He said, and, and I'm misquoting that verse. You can read it when you go home. But he said, those that would deny Jesus Christ uh, as the Son of God is not the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to say, my friend, as sure as Jesus spoke about the Father, the Spirit speaks about the Son. Amen. And that's what it does. And Christians, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about Jesus. Amen. I'm talking about, listen, you can be spiritual and not be saved. Uh, listen, the devil is spiritual, but he's not saved, amen? I want to say this afternoon, uh, if you're saved by the grace of God, you'll agree with this statement I'm about to make, uh, and that is it's all about Jesus. Uh, it always has been about Jesus, uh, and it always will be about Jesus, amen? Uh, I'm telling you, in the stillness of the night, uh, it's Jesus, amen? Uh, in the early times in the morning, it's Jesus, amen? Uh, when I get up on Sunday, it's Jesus, amen? But when I get up tomorrow, it'll be Jesus, amen, I'm telling you Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me and he's the best thing that's ever happened to you if you've been saved but if you're not saved, the name Jesus does not bring joy unto your soul tonight amen Jesus is not some character in the Bible he's God in the flesh he's our savior he's the only one can deliver your soul tonight. Spiritual, but not saved. Let me say this as they get a song ready. We know the dope heads need to be saved. We know the drunkards need to be saved. We know the prostitutes need to be saved. But I want to tell you something. Church kids need to be saved too. Church members, don't run from God. If he's dealing with you, run to him. Let him save your soul tonight. Don't be spiritual but not saved. I wonder tonight as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. They're going to prepare a song. I'll be honest with you today. It's been a good day in the house of God. I praise the Lord for what he's done. But I think you'll agree that there's been a lot of us that have heavy hearts today for souls to be saved. Friend, don't go to hell this morning, this evening. If you know that you're under conviction, you know the Holy Spirit's dealing with your soul tonight, would you get born again? Would you come to Jesus? That's all you gotta do is make your way to the cross. Come to Christ and kneel down and say, Dear God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He'll save your soul tonight. It's gonna take more than religion you got to be born again. Don't You say, preacher, I'm, I'm scared. But yeah, don't be scared and not saved. I'm shaking. I, I'm really thinking about it. Don't be like Felix who stood in the presence of Paul and said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He was scared, but he wasn't saved. Come on tonight. Some more convenient day. Oh, let it be today, friend. Brother Brian's going to sing. And while he sings tonight, I want to invite you to come. You need to be saved tonight.